0: Hello, this is Dave and Gail Durr, and we are your hosts today.
1: And we're going to be reading chapter 5 of Ephesians, verses 21 through 33. So please join with us as we uh, read through this section of scripture. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. So again I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. So here we have uh verse 21 the very first verse we read and further Paul says you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So How in the world are we able to live in submission with each other? Who's in charge? Well, Paul sets this up in verse 18, uh, three, three verses before this. And he says it is only going to come from the Holy Spirit who is filling us up and controlling us. So it's all the Holy Spirit. This is not done in our own power. Paul then goes on and moves into three relationship areas that he will be covering uh, through the balance of chapter 5 here. He he will be addressing a husband and a wife, the relationship between a a child and parents, and slaves and masters. Today, we're going to focus on the husband and the wife.
0: So as Paul starts with a mutual submission in verse 21, This is so contrary to our culture today, which is telling us just to look out for ourselves, to make sure you fulfill what your desires are. Paul is instructing us, each of us here to have a sacrificial kind of love for each other, to not have to have your way, to put your spouse's desires ahead of ours, to bend your knee to each other, So, Dave, what do you think that looks like when we say to bend your knee to each other?
1: I'm glad you asked because I'm ready for that. No, seriously, I think a good illustration of that would be when a couple gets engaged and uh, the the man who bought the diamond ring that... his fiancee has already picked out, generally. And uh, he decides when the day, the big day is going to come. And when it does come, sometimes it looks a little simple and plain and sometimes pretty extravagant. But that's up to uh, him, of course. But generally, tradition uh, says that you get on one knee and you propose marriage to uh, your fiancee. So, Uh, When you bend your knee, and when you do get down on that one knee, you are elevating her. Uh, She is standing above you. That's a humbling uh, stance. It's a humbling posture, and it's elevating uh, his uh, fiance. Basically, it's uh, what Paul is saying here is, and what you're talking about, bending the knee, it's basically living an other-centered life versus a self-centered life. Uh, Because Paul knows that self-centeredness is the number one enemy of of a marriage relationship. He's calling the couple, the marriage couple, to submit to each other, to both bend their knee. You know, I I just read something uh, a short time ago. It was by author and our friend Gary Thomas who said, every good marriage should begin with a funeral. And that was a very catchy little phrase. And um, I have mentioned it a few times, but every time I hear that, I think, um, what is that all about? What, do we have to die to ourselves, literally die to ourselves that much to have a good marriage? And uh, I'd say Gary Thomas says, yeah, that it, a good marriage has to begin with that. We have to. Uh, take our focus off off ourselves and put it on the other. And I think Paul is talking about that too, that other-centered life.
0: So this sounds kind of daunting to me, like, how could I ever do this on my own? And so obviously, I don't believe I can do this on my own. But just as Paul talks about here in verse 18, we can do it with the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, This is where I believe it is really important for each of us in marriage to abide in Christ. It is in abiding or spending time with Jesus that we can understand our identity in Christ and experience his fullness as we we have heard here in the book of Ephesians. Uh, We would like to just share a bit of our story here. We got married when we were 20 and we had our first child after two years of marriage and that was Steve.
1: What a blessing.
0: (laughs) We then went on and had two more children. So we had three children in four and a half years. We were very active in a faith community. We were working with high school students. Dave was a deacon. We were leading a young marriage group. However, we weren't concerned about each other. We were busy trying to have our needs met. We became increasingly frustrated with each other often, and oftentimes didn't communicate, and then focused on how the other person was so selfish. At age 29 is when I started in a Bible study that changed my life. And it was through that Bible study that some verses came alive to me about how much Christ loved me and that I was his daughter. And it became apparent to me that Christ had that sacrificial love. And I was starting to experience what it meant to live in fullness of the Spirit, even though that did not happen overnight.
1: You know, And while this change was going on in Gail, I was taking notice of it. And if I recall... Correctly. I wasn't altogether uh, sure about what was going on. I wasn't really happy about it. I probably felt a bit threatened. Uh, she was changing. I wasn't. What's going on? But a year later, uh, we attended a retreat with uh, several young married couples who were in our church, and that retreat changed my life. I was uh, uh, really challenged to stop the game I was playing, one foot in the church or walking with God, the other foot in the world. And the Holy Spirit uh, gradually, step by step, became more and more a part of my heart, filling my heart. Uh, I was surrendering areas one at a time and replacing it with uh, more things of God. And this was very gradual again. It was a progression in my life. We also started, Gail and I did, reading more and studying God's Word more. And we were very open to um, not only learn more about God and how God could uh, impact our marriage and change us, uh, but we wanted to live it out Uh beyond just learning about it. And we knew we needed his help to do so. Our hearts were very open to him during those years, and that helped us to become very open to each other.
0: Paul then goes on in the scripture um, after this verse 21 about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ and goes on and talks about the priorities of each of the roles for the husband and wife who are equal. And he talks first to the wives about submitting to their husbands.
1: And then Paul addresses the husbands. And he's saying, uh, men, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, that is sacrificial love. Uh, He died for her. So husbands and wives who, and many of you listening today, um, have been married for many years and some for only maybe a couple and some of you are not married but wanting to be married uh this is for all of us we are to work this all out in a christ-like way be mutual in our loving and respect of each other as christ has commanded us in this scripture
0: so dave let's talk about what i think that might look like for us to be mutually loving and respectful of each other I think in our marriage, the way that plays out especially is in how we communicate with each other. It means that I'm to listen to you well, and you're to listen to me well. We should not be rolling our eyes at each other, not being defensive, really trying to understand each other's feelings, needs, desires, and concerns. It's watching our tone with each other. And it's not being distracted, but being fully present. So not distracted with TV, remote controls, Facebook pages, Instagram, or texting. It is totally present. And I believe that is a practical way that it shows that we are loving and respecting each other.
1: So what you're saying is you're going to put me or are trying to put me ahead of the Facebook and Instagram and even texting?
0: Yes, I will do that. Are you going to do that?
1: Well, mutually, uh, (laughs) mutually, uh, submissive to each other, absolutely. You know, Jesus loved us when we did not love him. He died for us when we were, in fact, running away from him. So this is a deeper level of love that we're talking about and that Paul is relating to marriage. And again, as we've said before, this cannot be done uh, on our own. It has to be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that continues to fill us fresh and new each day um, as we ask for Him to do so. In the concluding verses, Paul writes about the mystery of oneness in marriage and how this plays out in marriage. Uh, The relationship between husband and wife is to be marked by the same extravagant love that exists between Christ and the church. Jesus giving up his life, abandoning everything for the church, his bride. Grace and forgiveness on steroids. How exciting is that? What a great picture of what marriage has been designed to be.
0: That is the picture that the world should be able to see in our marriages. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the great mystery. So what is it God is saying to you today? Maybe God is reminding you the importance of being filled with the Spirit. Do I need to ask God for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit? Maybe he is leading you to love your spouse as Christ loves the church. Could it be God is showing you your areas of selfishness in your marriage or other relationships? Is it time to have a personal funeral? Who is at the center of your life, Christ or you? How will you respond today?
1: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you, first of all, for your modeling what humility looks like. Uh, You are our king, yet you came as a little baby, uh, and you came for us. Lord God, uh, we thank you for that. We're thankful that uh, you have demonstrated to uh, us that you love us no matter what, no matter what we do or not do. It doesn't affect the love that you have for us. So we thank you for that as well. And Lord, we just ask that your Holy Spirit, today fills each of us fresh and new, so that we can live the kind of life that uh, is empowered by your spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we can demonstrate not only your love and care for the world, but also for each other in marriage and in all of our relationships. And we pray this
0: in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day.